Hear ye, hear ye, word nerds. Be forewarned that this podcast contains body language of the modern and early modern varieties, so plan your listening accordingly. Or don't. That's a choice that you can make, but don't say we didn't warn you. Welcome to the Hurly Burly Shakespeare Show Summer Minisode Editions. We are your hosts. I'm Jess Hamlet. And I'm Aubrey Whitlock. And for this, our first mini-sode, we're going to take you back in time just a couple of months when our dear friend Patrick Aaron Harris was on the pod with us. What you're about to hear is about 30 minutes, yeah, 30 solid minutes (laughs) of the three of us discussing the American Shakespeare Center's production of Hamlet during their actor's renaissance season. So have fun with that. Yeah. You got words to say about that, Jess? <laughs> uh, we had feelings, and, uh, it, you know, it was half an hour feelings, which is why I didn't yep. make the, uh, the the full merchant episode. Um, but, you know, enjoy this uh, extra dose of Hamlet, not Hamlet, of, well, I mean, yes, Hamlet, um, but enjoy yeah. this extra dose of Patrick is what I was trying to say, because he's awesome. He is. Yeah. Alrighty, enjoy. The Actors Renaissance season production of Hamlet at the American Shakespeare Center that is happening right now and will it be closes next weekend yeah, it'll so close by, before this before this podcast podcast airs um, yeah well that sucks for everybody because we're now going to talk about it we have all seen it patrick and yes. i saw it together aubrey saw oh, it Lord. last night i did see it last night we all have some feelings so let's yeah. just jump right in and let's talk about the ghost <laughs> oh my god yes. david lewis is yes. my hero and yes. so good. my downfall he like mm. within the first what what is that like the first 15 minutes of the play yes he had me crying he me just yep. he okay so for those who didn't get to see it he as the ghost looks at hamlet in that very final remember me and he's so pleading and so sad and he says hamlet remember me and i i just like i just got choked up i was like oh no like <laughs> oh my god oh my yep. god i cried literally five times in this production and three of them were because of david anthony lewis being himself and being wonderful yeah. um but the ghost the ghost ghost though i wept yeah yeah and late which I don't do because I don't have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but I cried in public in front of people I don't know because of how moving it was. It was mm. so heartbreaking. And it was it was like really clear that, you know, the ghost was this character that was in pain and was like missing his family and also felt like deeply wronged by his brother. It was oh, it was so good. It was good. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think at at the core of David's performance and also this production as a whole is it was it was fresh. It was full of things that I had never seen before. You know, that 
that ghost I've only ever seen sort of like angry and vengeful and a little shouty. And that final remember me is always remember me, you know, and David was just like, remember me? It was pleasing. It was gut wrenching. And Mm -hmm. he's such a big dude. Um, With a big voice. Like he could use that voice and he chose not to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, my favorite ghost heretofore um, before David was you, Patrick, uh, when you when you played it, (laughs) what, two years ago. Um, And every time I read the play or see the play, I just sort of have you parroting in the back of my head. And I'm like, Patrick was better. But I have to say, (laughs) David was better than you. David was better. Um, And I was I remember watching the play. I was sitting there thinking, like, this is what I wanted to do when I was the ghost. But David's a better actor than I am. So (laughs) (laughs) I was not like in any way disappointed with myself. But at the same time, I was like, man, he's really, really good at acting. Y'all. He's so good. He's so good. And then to have him double as the player king. Um, it's also which I, I, right. And it's such a good doubling choice anyway, for so many thematic reasons. But, but yeah, his, his Hecuba stuff and oh my God. Oh my God. Ah, it was so good. Oh my God is all I can say about that. Yeah, yeah, he just he'll just bring a tear to your eye. It was so good. Yeah, and then like and it made Hamlet speech make more sense. <gasps> yes. It's, yeah. Uh, it did. It did. It was all so good. It was so good. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah. And I I was just struck in general by um by how emotionally vulnerable a lot of characters were. Mm. I this to me and and I mean to be fair, full disclosure, um, March thirty first yesterday when I saw this play, uh, that was the one year anniversary of my mom's funeral. So that was already a hard day for me. But so so I'm sure that affected how how I read everyone's performances. But it seemed so everyone's like madness or every character who's supposed to be mad really just seemed rooted in very deep grief, just deep, unspeakable grief. And and Josh brought that out so well. You know, he had these wonderful moments where he just couldn't get words out. Right. And it made him look mad. Right. It had that madness. But then he stopped playing his actual madness and he was just crying. Um and you mm. could see how sad, and he's just a guy who's who lost his dad, and he feels lost. Um, I, I don't mm. know. I so I was struck by that by a lot of performances, but particularly his and uh, Shante, who played Ophelia. Um, just deep grief. There was no craziness or madness. It was just really, really sad. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think Aubrey. Um, you know, when when I saw it, two weeks ago however long that was um i was texting you intermission just like you were texting me intermission last night which was i loved it um <laughs> the you know josh Innerst, who's playing hamlet i thought he was predictable and then really interesting um you know he he sort of came on and, and made some choices and I was like, oh, sorry, all right. And then made some more choices and I went, oh my God, never stop acting. Please stop. Oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't. This is why I, I don't know how to feel. Um, He did some really, I mean, again, exciting things that I had never seen before. Um, And that 
you know, I think is kind of all I ever really want out of a Hamlet performance, play, production, whatever. I just, I want, I want someone to make me think about it in a new way. And Josh and and the whole cast did. Um, So cheers to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is sort of like, weirdly, my dream role for Josh, (laughs) because I care that much. Um, but like having watched him perform for the last almost five years, um, I've always felt like Hamlet was definitely a role that he should play at some point soon. And I'm, I feel vindicated. Um, but also, I also feel like I just underestimated how well he could perform this role because it was, there were some things that I was like, this is what I expect of Josh acting, and this is what I expect of Hamlet, and then there were things that were just not at all what I was um, predicting, especially the nunnery scene. Yeah, that oh my god, scene just caught me off guard. I have For, like so especially many the. Feelings. It didn't feel. It wasn't angry. Like it honestly sounded Whoa, like that it was, was so Hamlet, vulnerable. Like, speaking to ophelia's best interest like don't yeah. trust and don't get married just become a nun like your life will be better off yeah it's all terrible anyway um and it was a really but it was also really heartbreaking because it was clear that that wasn't the thing that he wanted to be saying in that moment but it was it was amazing i loved it i loved yeah. it yeah yeah i mean yeah i exactly exactly what you said it felt like or just a really intimate, sad breakup. You know? Yeah. I mean, Shantae um, as Ophelia, just sort of in general, fucking fierce, fucking vulnerable. Yeah. Strong, strong Ophelia. First time I've ever seen not waspy, waifish in the background, delicate flower Ophelia. I mean, yeah. Shantae was all of those things, but more there was more to it to her yeah she also made some interesting choices like um i know Mm -hmm. on this podcast we've even talked about like the placement of ophelia during the Mm -hmm. to be or not to be speech Mm -hmm. um shante i'm not sure if we've said her first and last name shante lofton uh plays ophelia in this production and she made the choice to completely disappear she wandered um she wandered off. If you've been to the Blackfriars before, she like went behind one of the seating aisles and then reappeared again in a different part of the aisle and approached Hamlet at the end of his speech to basically indicated that she didn't hear it, I guess. Yeah. So I had a lot of feelings about that um, and that I, I think you should not do it. Um, and I, the night that Patrick and I saw it, there was a talk back. I stayed and I asked. I said, Josh and Shantae, can you talk about the decision to take Ophelia off stage for the to be or not to be speech? Um, yeah. And it was Shantae's choice. Uh, Josh had nothing to do with it. And she said she just thought it would be interesting and fun. She'd never seen it before. Um, and I think it's interesting. Um, I don't know that that's a good enough reason. It's, I, I think it's not a good enough reason for me. Um, but I like that she is challenging, you know, sort of the status quo of how mm-hmm. that scene is 
performed. Um, I disagree with the choice, but I like to see, I love, I love, this is why I love the actors renaissance season is because the actors have so much agency and they make choices and it is consistently the most interesting theater that the ASC does. It's not always the best, but it's always the most interesting. And that is, I think, hands down, you know, it's my favorite time of year at the ASC. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you just have to wonder, like, you know, what is what is gained for Ophelia if she does overhear Hamlet's, you know, suicidal ruminations and, and what is lost if she doesn't? And like, where does that leave her for her interactions with Hamlet later? Right. In terms of how she behaves with him. Um, so I think I think what she lost in what what Ophelia loses in knowledge like beforehand I think we gain back later in her total surprise at how Hamlet reacts to everything so for me like I'm not I'm not sure I come down really hard either way I personally I know that you know you guys know when I directed the show I wanted Ophelia to overhear everything but that was part of my impetus for the show right they didn't they don't have that obligation you know for this so I felt like it was really interesting that she could then play total surprise right and ignorance when hamlet reacts the way he does and sort of goes off yeah i guess my only qualm about that choice was that it wasn't a formal exit from the stage like she didn't go backstage she went out one of the side doors so she was still in the playhouse with the audience some of which were aware that she was there where i was sitting i she was gone she just right yeah yeah. She, it was almost like magic. Um, so when she came back, I didn't get this. I didn't, what I guess what I am trying to retroactively construct in my brain is a situation where Ophelia is in the same space as Hamlet, but they are not aware of each other. Mm-hmm. But because she was not visible for the entirety of his speech, it kind of just feels like she dissolved and then reappeared. Right. And she did kind of just wander off through and that door. I mean, she's so short. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And she's, she's short. She's like five feet tall, if that, right. So she disappeared behind that riser and you just can't see her. Right. So I, but I do think that, you know, for the people who were sitting over there, there might've been a sense that she was sort of roaming about not necessarily listening to hamlet but still present in the scene Mm -hmm. um but i think for most of the audience it just looked like ophelia left it off somewhere yeah um she spirited away and especially with how eavesdropping was dealt with in other parts of the play Mm -hmm. um that moment doesn't read quite as leaving or as eavesdropping it's something weird and in the middle um on on the subject of eavesdropping in this performance the the scene where uh ophelia is is giving back the remembrances mm-hmm. which is right the after? nunnery scene oh, no yeah, it's, it's right before it's, right it's before. what starts it off right right um so yeah. And they're being overheard by uh, Polonius and the other guy. What's his ass? 
Claudius. Um, yeah, that guy. <laughs> you knew who I meant. You know, the king. Yeah. But so, whatever. But so, you know, Josh sort of uh, halfway through that scene becomes aware that they are listening to him. And that is a choice I've never seen. I've never seen a Hamlet who knows that he's being overheard and knows by who, right? It's it's sort of very clear that this Hamlet understands that Polonius is listening and probably also Claudius. Like, mm-hmm. that was, I think, a, a lot of the impetus for the, the emotional vulnerability of that scene for me. Yeah. I, I've seen that choice before. I've seen where Hamlet suddenly becomes aware of, of who's listening to him. Um, but I think Josh's portrayal of of the hurt and the betrayal that he felt first, like before the anger uh, was new. Um, And and something I appreciated all the way through is that they didn't immediately go to shouty anger. Pretty much nobody did that. They went to the hurt and the vulnerability first. Nobody likes shouty Shakespeare. No, he does. Don't be shouty. Mm -mm. Like go to the hurt place first, because that's where you're going to get your audience like right in the gut. Also, Okay, I have very strong feelings about this, and it's related. And it's also the next thing on our little list here about this Hamlet. But uh, Gertrude was one amazing, mm-hmm. but that that her he, overhearing the plan between Claudius and Laertes was actually my favorite part of the show because of that pissed off way that she just kind of slid into the scene. That was mm-hmm. Jessica Williams, by the way, for people who um, know or would like to know, um, who played Gertrude. And she did an amazing job of being yeah. both an aggrieved widow and a concerned mother who then becomes kind of a, a, a honey badger mother. Uh, yeah. She ran out of fucks almost immediately. Yeah. Um, and when she entered into that scene, you know, and interrupted the two of them plotting, it was real obvious that she had overheard a whole bunch of shit and was mad as hell about it. Mm. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah, she was fierce. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then it made the choice at the very end to drink the cup so clear. She was like, "Uh uh-uh, fuck you. I'm drinking this thing. Like, she made it a huge, huge moment. She took so much agency for Gertrude. It was awesome. (laughs) Big fan. It was really good. Big fan. Good job, Jessica Williams. Yes, it was. Oh, man. And having the ghost reach out from the heavens, pretty mm -hmm. great. Which was a choice that I found weird. It was weird, but it was really cool for the direction of gaze and, like, helping helping Hamlet feel more (laughs) crazy. Okay. (laughs) The direction of the gaze? The gaze. All of the gaze have directed... (laughs) In unison. Yeah. G A Z E. Okay. But, but it was. Made him, yeah, it made him turn up, turn his head up and like point up. It made him seem more crazy to everybody else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's true. That is true. Um, what was interesting is I because I was sitting underneath one of the galleries, I couldn't see right away. Um, and I was like, where the fuck is David's voice coming from? The, like, I mean, the oh, way they employed coming from above sound yeah. just in general all of the sound yeah. coming from like it was very clear that people were up in the heavens people were you know up in the booth all of that it was yeah. coming from all around 
the yeah. space, which was yeah. the most fantastic use of sound in that space. I've, you know, Very in the five cool. years I've been going to the shows there. Um, so whoever had that idea, y'all are brilliant. Way to be. Um, yeah. The only thing I didn't love about the closet scene is that that's not a closet is not a bedroom. Um, and it, while it is true that they did not pull a bed onto the stage, it was very bedroom-esque. Jessica came out, you know, in her night shift and not much else. She was sort of doing her evening toilet and um, it it read bedroomy, which, you know, gets all Freudy and gross and like, stay the fuck out of my Shakespeare Freud. Also, that's just not what a closet is. It's not. It's not what a closet is. Yeah. I mean, what can you do? I know. It's just. It's. It's. I'm it being nitpicky. Be I'm being nitpicky yeah. because because I can and because there were so many excellent, wonderful things in this production. Um. So I think we all had sort of, uh, maybe disagreeing feelings about the the final fight. So maybe maybe let's talk about that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was surprised at how glib Hamlet was going into the fight. And while he fought the duel, um, how like all of a sudden nothing seemed serious to him anymore. And he was like, no, no, no. He was just fucking around. And then whoops, I got poisoned. I'm dead. What? I accidentally killed Laertes. What do you mean this sword isn't baited? Um, it, it seemed like a very glib approach. But then I, but then it kind of paid off. It, I felt like it kind of paid off in his, again, in his surprise that like, what? Oh, oh no, I wasn't expecting it. Even though I just ironically said the readiness is all and made like a big point out of it. Yeah. I, I don't, know. I don't, it's been a couple weeks and I've had some wine, <laughs> um, but I don't remember thinking that that moment was less serious like i do i remember his you know we defy augury all of that um and i felt like that was a certain kind of i guess resolution to the fact that no no matter how much he tries to plan things that he really can't control all the things that happen um but then the actual fight i thought he was taking I felt like it wasn't so much that he was making it a glib thing. I thought he was trying to be sort of playful and sporty because that's what the duel is supposed to be, right? It's supposed to be this, right. you know, diversion, a little bit of fun after all of the terrible things that have happened. That's true. Um, that's the whole premise to make it happen to begin with. And so. and I don't – and certainly I don't think Hamlet has a reason to suspect Laertes. Right, he might be suspicious of Claudius, but you know the duel being sort of being framed as being Laertes' idea, and then Hamlet being like, "Oh, this is just a you know sportful bout between not quite friends, but something like that." Um, I actually think makes the story make more sense. Um, I especially liked how. Hamlet got poisoned in this fight because it was basically like a paper cut. Like it was just a cut on his finger, which I've never, ever, ever seen before, but is totally textual 
because they say like you know you only need a little bit of this poison and then you will definitely die um so i thought that was a a good way of both you know honoring what the text says but also coming up with a creative way for hamlet to get poisoned that doesn't require you know slicing his whole hand open or yeah. other such nonsense yeah yeah i mean some people that we know thought that the whole hurt and the sword exchange um was silly uh and had said as much to me before i went to see it because they were trying to poison my mind i won't name names chris moneymaker and katie osborne um <laughs> And I, again, loved it because it was something that I had never seen before. It was different. It was interesting. And I thought the choices worked. They were different, but they didn't, they weren't wrong. They didn't not tell the story. They didn't detract from the drama of the moment. Hamlet still died. Like, I loved it. Loved it. I loved it. it. Yeah, no, I came around to it. It was just jarring for me. I was like, why all of a sudden are you being a flippant little bitch about this right now, Hamlet? Sure. But yeah, but you're right. I think Ham, uh, I think Patrick, it paid off in like the paper cut slice, like the capriciousness of fate that he just would happen to cut his finger on this He's unbated like, oh, sword. This sword sharp. Ooh, I cut myself. Oh, right. And yeah. And then he does now. it himself. Like it's it's cruelly ironic, it's which wonderful. I'm not sure if they like meant for that to happen but it's certainly how it read so it, i think it paid off there one of yeah. the more subtle and worthwhile decisions in that production yeah totally totally so all in all good job asc pretty good hamlet yeah i'd say yeah good job i mean the most interesting one i've ever seen so i'm not mad about it oh i forgot to say my favorite thing about it oh yeah it was only two hours and 15 minutes long. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it That's felt like the whole brilliant. play. It felt like yeah. the whole entire play. Yeah. It did. And I as people who have done events. this play, yeah. we know what is and is not the whole entire play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as people who have done a 60-minute Hamlet, for sure. I mean, there were there was like maybe one or two moments where I noticed. I was like, oh, wow, they cut that chunk. Like, they cut it hard. But um, mostly, no, it, it was like... And I didn't miss those parts. I just sort of fleetingly noticed that they were not there. It was beautifully, you know? beautifully paced. Yeah. And also oh, very short. I mean, Ugh. this is, I think, the first time I've seen Fortinbras in production, or maybe maybe just the second time, um, because he's so eminently cuttable. And now having seen him freshly and and thought about it critically i think you should cut him every time get the fuck out of this play for and browse what are you doing i mean it gives nothing to the story frankly it just sort of Definitely. like stops the action to sort yeah. of dilly dally about fucking norway nobody cares go away yeah it only helps if you're trying to make it a big political drama and yeah. like focus on the succession somehow and how hamlet was robbed but like to me that's not the point of hamlet yeah. so i think fortinbras is only really helpful if you're doing really like literary criticism on the play because there are some like generic dramaturgical things that are 
um, really important about Fortinbras. Yeah. Because um, he's the, you know, the third son seeking revenge for the death of his father um, in the play. But otherwise, like really in terms of entertainment value, uh, Fortinbras has less than zero. Um, so he's basically pointless in production. That's just yeah. my strong feeling about it. I agree. Yeah. Just, totally. you know, I mean, stop, stop the play at the rest is silence or flights of angels, Boom. whatever fucking line that is. Bear him like a soldier to the stage and, you know, call it a day. Yeah, we're done. Totally. We've, we've got the story. We don't fucking keep the pirates. Get rid of Fort and Bros. <laughs> Did anyone else notice, speaking of pirates, how David Lewis very briefly, re- like, reprised his yes. who does play Smee or whoever the hell um, he played in um, Peter and the Starcatcher. Yeah. Not oh, Smee. But I don't the other, the that, other pirate, that the janky pirate who wasn't Black yep. Stash. We we know who I'm talking about. He used that pirate Slank. voice again. I was like, oh Bill he Slank. did. It was great. He's Slank. Slank. Yes. Yep. He did. He was very he briefly yes. <laughs> back in that play. Because yes. I heard and that I, and I was like oh. wheeled a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Yep. Same. I was like, oh my God. If you can't tell, we love David Anthony Lewis. You do? He's wonderful. He's my favorite. I won't go that far. I love them all so much. Well, um, like, love most of them so much. So, those were our feelings. Yep. Um, we hope that tickled your fancy and gave yeah. you a little boost over the summer if you were missing us. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we liked it, so there it is. Um, keep your eyes peeled, because uh, our next mini-episode coming your way, or I guess keep your ears peeled, um, is uh, new in in a series that we're going to call Jess Hamlet Tells You About All the Crazy Shit She Read This Summer for Her PhD Exams. <laughs> and Yay! It's, it's going to be wild, y'all. So It will. And in the meantime, keep following us on Twitter and Instagram. We're updating stuff. No, we're, we're doing stuff there. Yeah, we're we're sort of active. I mean, it is summer break. You know, you can't expect too much. No, you should. Also, holla at us. H-O-L-L-A at hurlyburlyshakespearshow.com. If you miss us, like, yeah. send us a note. We're here. We want to yeah. We wanna hear from you because uh, we like yeah. you. Let us know what you're working on and thinking about over the summer. And if you see something ridiculous, please let us know because oh we want to talk about it. Tell us. Tell us everything. Tell us all about it. <laughs> Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Whamlet out. Whamlet out.